Hello everyone, welcome back. This is Z. Today I'm going to be talking about what do you actually say to yourself in moments of despair and moments of being discouraged uh, when life just is not going the way you planned it. You know how when we get alone in our own little spaces and uh, you know how we begin to feed ourselves all of these comments and things or hearing it from other people. What do you say to yourself? So I want to talk from my own perspective because, again, I'm not a professional counselor. I'm just a, a person that's been through a lot, and I'm trying to share with the world to encourage you all. When I have had one of the worst days or I've gone through some extremely major letdowns or downfalls in life, uh, I always have to get myself alone and ask God to remind me again of who I am in his presence. And before I go deeper into that, I want to talk about David. If you ever read the story of David um, in 1 Samuel, um, I think it's 1 Samuel chapter 30. Uh, I'm going to give you the shortest version, but you guys know David was the one out, you know, tending to the sheep and all that stuff. You know, David is the one that defeated Goliath and wrote the Psalms and all of that, right? Well, some of you may not be aware that there was a period when David was coming from battle or wherever he was at defeating whoever it was at that time. When David arrived back at his camp, along with his soldiers, I think it was give or take about 600 soldiers, give or take, um, they discovered that while they were away, uh, someone came and raided their town or their village and took all of their uh, wives, their uh, daughters, their sons. And uh, the Bible talks so deeply about um, how they wept and they cried out loud um, a long time. I think it was to well into that evening or the next day. I mean, they were beyond broken. Um, all of the soldiers seeing that their old families, their livestock, everything was gone. Now I'll spoil it for you. You know, David prayed and went and got all that stuff back and went and defeated the people that took it away from him. But I want you to capture the middle of that story in first Samuel 30. There's a passage in there where it just simply says, and David encouraged himself. Some passages, depending on what version Bible you have, it might say David strengthened himself in the Lord. That means so much to me because during that time, if you read that whole passage, you'll see that his soldiers were so disappointed and so discouraged and so hurt, they actually wanted to kill David. So imagine that, you know, you've got all these people that are calling you a champ and chanting songs about you, you know, and all of a sudden they find out that their families and everyone's gone and uh, they literally began to conspire against him to kill him. So David's already grieving as it is, right? And, and then he's got an entire army, you know, that um, is talking about killing him. What I love about that, and you know, I'm kind of weird. I, 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 I look at the Bible in black and white, so I just pick out things that relate to me and just try to make it personable, uh, even more personable. I love that in that moment when David didn't have anyone else to turn to, no one else to turn to, and God knows I've been there, and I'm sure some of you watching might feel that you're in that situation right now. David encouraged himself. He strengthened himself in the Lord. And I believe what he did, uh, well, let me just talk about what I do uh, because I can't jump into David's head. But I believe for me, what that means is spending time in silence before God and asking him uh, questions such as, who am I again? You know, a lot of times what I'll do when I'm really discouraged or I've been hurt really bad by some things or nothing just seems to be going my way. When I go home, uh, and if you've been listening to my podcast, many of you probably know I spend a lot of time in my closet at night. I know that sounds odd. It's just what I do. It just works for me. Um, I feel a sense of peace. But anyway, I go in my closet, turn off the light, and I'm talking tears and all. I'm crying. You know, I don't been through whatever. Somebody hurt me. Somebody did something or something didn't go right or what have you. 
I literally stand in my closet. I stand up in the dark and I say, God, remind me again of who I am in you. Can you just remind me again who I am when I'm in your presence? And I literally stand there and I, I begin to recite passages and things that come into my heart. Now, you know, I, I know that it may not work for everyone to, you know, recite biblical passages or what have you. But I think that if you are the kind of person that doesn't mind opening up your Bible and reading a few scriptures, it's always good to have some of those on the tablets of your heart. Let me give an example. So I don't want to hold you for too long, but I want to, I want to take you somewhere. If, for example, I'm feeling very anxious about something, very worried, very stressed, I automatically think through, I think it's Philippians 4, 6. I always get it mixed up. Sometimes I think it's 6, 4. Sometimes I think it's 4, 6. So it's Philippians 4, 6 that says, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, I think it says, with thanksgiving and prayer, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transforms all understanding, will transform your hearts and mind. And what that means to me, and again, I'm not a biblical scholar by any means. To me, that just means, oh my goodness, I'm not supposed to worry. I'm not supposed to stress about this situation. God's in control. But there's something about the peace of God and standing in his presence that's going to give me peace that transforms, that, that supersedes all understanding. So in other words, I shouldn't even be at peace in this situation, but because I know God is in control, it's giving me that peace. So that's one of the passages I love to go to, or like Galatians 6, 9, uh, that's one of my favorite, uh, which is do not grow weary in doing good, uh, for at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. I have to remember that one a lot when I'm certainly thinking of giving up on some people, on some situations. Um, oh my goodness, I can go on and on and on about that one, but that's a juicy one for me. Um, uh, another book I love to reflect on is the book of Ecclesiastes. I mean, if, if you don't do anything else today, spend some time just paging through that one. Um, because uh, that whole book is really about, uh, I think it was Solomon. Uh, don't quote me on this, but I think it was Solomon. But saying pretty much I've achieved everything in life that people want, right? And I found that everything really is meaningless. Everything really is like a chasing after the wind. But the encouraging thing about that passage is it encourages me to pursue my dreams and to go after the things in life God has put in my heart to do because he goes on to talk about, hey, so while you're young, and I know I'm not, you know, quote unquote young, I'm almost, you know, 50 years old now, but anyway, but it says that while, while you're still young, pursue these things, pursue the things in life, um, you know, that while you still basically have air in your lungs, pursue these things. Um, and he just goes on to talk about how, but just realize that everything really is a chasing after the wind. Um, and that just gives me sort of a sense of peace that at the end of the day, when I do leave this earth, gosh, I can't take any of it with me. So those are some of the passages that come to mind, but let me tell you my favorite, you know, um, when I've really been hurt and I've really been, um, uh, misused or, uh, back to back to back things, uh, begin to happen that just really, I feel begin to beat me down. I don't know. There's something in me that triggers something where I almost feel like a soldier or I can't quite explain it, but I go in my closet 
I close my eyes and I stand. And then that's when I began to recite some of the passages that just really, really, really means a lot to me. Um, you know, such as, um, I think it's Psalm 27. If you guys get time, read the first part of that. I'm totally paraphrasing because I don't, I'm not reading through the scriptures right now. If you're hearing me on the podcast, um, but it says something like, at least this is, you know, what I say when I stand up, but it says something like, uh, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The, the Lord is the, the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When, 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 it, when evil or wicked men advance against me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then, even then will I be confident. And then it goes on to say something like one thing I ask of the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. But here's another part, the, 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 the next verse after that, if I'm saying it in order, the next verse that means a lot to me. He says, but in the day of trouble, the Lord will keep me safe. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tabernacle and set me high up on a rock. It's hard for me to even recite that now as I'm recording this without um, tearing up because I can't even tell you how many times, even in a month, to be honest with you, that I have to stand and recite that because it reminds, th these are the things I have to say to myself. I could either give in to everything that the world is saying about what's going on from the financial markets to, oh my gosh, I can just go on and on and on. Um, people, you know, talking about the job market and things with my kids. And, and you guys know, I have a son with a chronic medical condition and things that, you know, his, you know, bone marrow transplant team is telling me and the neurologist is, I mean, there's just so much, so many things that come at me from such negative angles that I literally have to force myself to stand or to sit in the presence of God and force myself to remember passages that changes my thinking and that reminds me of who I am when I'm in his presence and what he's able to do. Um, while I'm on a roll, I may as well keep it going. Uh, uh, there's another uh, favorite passage of mine, Psalms 23, which many of you probably know that when my grandpa, uh, well, there's a lot of people in my family who are preachers, but my grandfather, who was a preacher, um, he raised me most of my life. And um, he's the one that taught me Psalm 23, uh, which is the Lord is my shepherd. I'll tell you why that one means a lot to me. Um, many times I, I have to remind or be reminded that it's God that's guiding me. Jesus is the one that's my shepherd. So when I recite, you know, uh, Wait, how does it go? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He maketh me to lie down in the green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul for his name's sake. Even when I recite that first part of that, I get this visualization of, oh, Jesus is leading me. I shall not be in want. He's going to provide and make a way. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, green pastures may mean whatever to you, but to me, green pastures means he's going to take care of me. He's going to provide. 
He leadeth me beside still waters. So my spirit is able to still be at peace, even though I feel like I'm going through, you know, everything but that right now. And that's kind of how I break down the passage when I, when I recite it. So what's the next part of that? Um, uh, what I, I forgot where I left off, but he leaded me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me down the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Then it goes in to say, yea, though, I, and I got to say the King James version, because that's how my grandpa taught me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And by the way, that was written by David back when member soldiers wanted to kill him. Now, I don't know if that was written right when that happened, but I know David wrote Psalms and I know that that's what he said. So you can put two and two together. But anyway, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What does he say? I will fear no evil. Okay. And I literally stand there and say, okay, so why, why should I not fear any evil? Then that next verse says, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And then the verse goes on to say, thou hast prepared a table before me in the presence of my, my enemies. Thou anoint my head with oil, which is a common practice. That's how they, you know, that's how, uh, I think, uh, when David was out in the field and I think his dad was Jesse, right? Forgive me if I'm wrong on that. And when they went out and got David and they anointed his head with oil, you know, so thou anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. God's been so good even during my hard times. And I think through my cups runneth over. Then it says, surely goodness and love shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I hope I'm not sounding too preachy. Um, I'm just trying to do my best to give you what's inside of me when I am on my last leg and feeling so incredibly discouraged or down about things. I have to have those things written on the on the tablets of my heart in order to be able to stand and even come into work the next day with a smile on my face and with that bam, with that confidence, like, okay, let's do this. Right. Or to be able to approach that situation that had me down, like, okay, let's do this. Or to be able to look at that relationship or that person that walked away from me and says, okay, Lord is my shepherd. He's guiding me. Does that make sense? Um, there's one or two other that's coming to mind. I feel like I'm just being fed this as I'm speaking to you guys. There's another one I love. Um, um, my mom, God bless her soul. Uh, she passed away a little bit over a year ago. And you talk about an amazing woman of God who's been through so many things in life. That's, I'm going to be speaking quite a bit on her, but my mom, um, one of her favorite passages in the Bible was uh, Matthew, I think it's chapter six, verse 25 through 33. Again, if I'm a little off, bear with me, because uh, all of this is sort of, I'm just literally looking into a camera at this point and I'm just talking and I don't have the stuff in front of me, but Matthew six twenty-five through 33. It's an amazing passage that talks about do not worry. And I cannot even begin to tell you how many times I've had to sit and meditate on that passage when I didn't even know how we were going to make it. When I had no idea how I would get out of a situation. 
And a little bit about that passage, I'm, I'm going to do my best to paraphrase it, but it says, um, um, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat and what you will drink, and do not worry about your body, what you will wear. It's not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes. And then it goes on to say something like, look at the birds of the air. Uh, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, but yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? I mean, that gives me chills, especially when I think through the times where I'm like, yeah, that's easy to say, but you're not in this situation. But then it gets really good uh, because it goes on to say um, something like, uh, and why do you worry about clothes? Consider the lilies and the flowers of the field. Uh, no, it says, consider the lilies of the field, for they do not labor or spin, but yet I tell you, not even Solomon. Remember Solomon we talked about back in Ecclesiastes? At least I hope I was right on that, that it's Ecclesiastes. Um, but not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. But if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we, we wear? Um, and it goes on to say, for the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you as well. And then I think it ends something like, um, so do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow can worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So that was a long passage, but imagine sitting in a room and imagine you finally made a decision to take that next big step, whatever that may be. And oh my goodness, that can be a lot of things. That could be, oh my goodness, uh, starting up that business or writing that book or opening up that social media account or going back to school, uh, moving out, moving in, who knows. Uh, whatever that next big move for you that you know is going to get you a step closer to your dreams in life. Imagine finally making the decision to do that. And uh, for some of you who might have already made that decision, imagine working hard on making that dream a reality. Next, I want you to imagine all of these flaming arrows coming at you. Flaming arrows of, let's just call them uh, negativity. And these arrows represent moments and times when uh, we've heard people say, you know, you're too big. You're too small. You're not smart enough. You don't have the money to do that. You know, who, who starts a business in the middle of a pandemic? Uh, it could be arrows of just concern in terms of, you know, what are my neighbors going to think of me if they see this? You know, what are my coworkers going to think if I start this, I don't know, social media account uh, or page? Um, I, I, it's too late for me. I've waited too, too long in life to to start this or to do this? Or how can I do this as a single parent? Or I don't have the support from family members. I can't do this. Um, or people even saying, you know, you don't have the finances. I mean, just, you, just go on and on and on with every thought of negativity you feel gets fed to you or can be fed to you the moment you start to walk down this path of, let's just call it greatness. Now here's the fun part. Imagine this, let's call it a dome. Imagine this dome covering over you as you sit in the middle of this room. And imagine as those flaming arrows are coming your way, 
just imagine they're not able to penetrate through this dome that the moment it hits it, it falls to the floor. Now, that reminds me of a passage in the Bible. Um, I believe it's Ephesians 6, 16, which says, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows from the evil one. So imagine you have this shield of faith around you and every time a lie comes your way, every time a negative comment comes your way or a negative thought, whether it's external or internal, by the way, imagine you having some substance, something to stand up on to fight against that. Now, some of you may be thinking, okay, Z, I'm really not into the Bible. You know, uh, that's really not my thing. So what I would say to you is, okay, if you don't want to uh, take up what, you know, what I would say is a shield of faith uh, and have a scripture in your back pocket to, to fight against those arrows. You at least need something, you know, you, you're, I guess my two cents is this. Uh, you're going to need to have faith in something in order to survive all of the flaming arrows that will come your way to try to prevent you from taking that next step. For some people, uh, that shield of faith could be positive words of encouragement by a loved one, you know, maybe a mother or father, or I don't know, a grandparent, someone that's spoken truth into your life, someone you really love and trust and someone that's been there to build you up. Um, I don't know, for some people, maybe it's a, a book you've read or, or an author you respect or, or what have you, but you're going to need to have faith in something. That's just kind of my two cents on that, to be able to fight against those flaming arrows. And what I'm trying to do right now in speaking about this is to help you lay a foundation. That's what these first several episodes of these, these podcasts are all about, which is laying a foundation so that when times of trouble come, when times of negativity try to enter in, you'll be able to have that shield that you put up that says, no, 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 no. My situation is not what it looks like. You know, it kind of reminds me, I think I shared earlier in one of our episodes about being 12 years old downtown with my mom, my younger siblings, we were completely homeless. I remember my mother was asking someone for a quarter to use the phone. Um, we had just fled from the South, from Arkansas. My mother had just left a very uh, bad, abusive relationship. And I can go on and on and on about that. Uh, but the premise of it is later in life, as I began to work on some dreams and pursue my passions and things, uh, some of my flaming arrows were reverting back to um, you're on welfare your whole life. You know, who's going to take you serious? Who's going to want to listen to you? You can't write books. Who's going to want to, you know, you can't start this business. Who's going to want to listen to that? You were in poverty. You lived in, you know, the projects most of your life. Um, you know, you were homeless. And so for me, I had to take up those, that shield of faith and I had to position myself, which is what I do now. And I'm praying that you do the same is sometimes at the end of the day, I literally have to stand in my closet. And for those who know me, you know, that's what I do. Stand in my closet, turn the lights off. And I say, God, who is it uh, that you say I am? Or sometimes I'll say, especially if I've had a real hard day or hard week where everything that could go wrong was just going wrong uh, or, or a lot of negativity or, you know, situations that happen. Uh, I'll stand in his presence and I'll say, Remind me again, God, who am I in your presence? Remind me again of how um, you're able to open doors that no man can open. 
And I have to have that shield of faith up in order to fight against those flaming arrows that are coming to my way so they can fall to the ground. So the premise of this is not in any way, fashion or form trying to push religion on anyone. The premise of it is I'm trying to help you to see that as you build, you have to have that solid foundation. And part of that, that foundation that you have to develop is what are the words you actually speak to yourself? What do you do with the words and the comments that come your way? What do you say to yourself? I don't care what situation you're in right now. What do you feed yourself? I want you to realize that words have power. And whatever you say to yourself, whatever you allow to, to, to penetrate through that, uh, what did we call it? Like a shield of some sort, whatever you allow to, to, to penetrate, uh, through that, that, that shield, it manifests itself. So you can be in a situation that is really dire. You can be in a situation where, oh my goodness, anybody looking in and God knows I have been there. Oh my goodness. Where everybody looking in said, this is bad from all fronts, from all fronts. You can be in a situation like that and be able to stand and say, I, I see what this looks like, but this does not define my destiny. It may look like this today because I'm in this season, but my next season is going to be different. I am going to get through this. I am going to achieve this goal. I will finish uh, school. I will start this business. I will write this book. I will start this channel. I will get out of this. I don't know. It could be a toxic relationship that's really harming you. I will overcome this addiction. Whatever it is, I am praying to God that whoever is listening to this message, if you find yourself in a situation where you have all of these flaming arrows coming your way, I need for you to take up that shield of faith, for you to remember who you are, for you to speak words of positivity into your life, even if you don't have a single person in your surrounding that speaks it to you. Remember the, the other episode we did where I talked about David, how he encouraged himself. Sometimes you have to encourage yourself. So be aware of the words that you speak to yourself. Be aware of what you let into your spirit. I pray this message has helped you all. My name is Z. Thanks again for listening. Bye-bye.